you know, with life, you can only know if it's for you if you try. Mm-hmm. And that way actually helps you find who you are. So I actually like dipping my toes into many things so I can really narrow down on who I am and what I like to do. Hey guys, welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by The Boss Up Inc. On this podcast, we discuss all things relating to career, social media, influencer marketing, and what it really takes for you to create your mark in today's digital landscape. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc. Hi, bosses. Welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by The Boss Up, Inc., where we help female entrepreneurs and creators bridge the gap between boss life and wellness, ensuring that they become more balanced bosses. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, and today we're chatting with Whitney Maduke. Whitney is a Nigerian creative director and fashion designer based in New York City. Whitney's eye for beauty and fashion helped her build a global online community eager to get a glimpse into her life. Whitney, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you because I feel like you're literally a definition of what a multifaceted creative girl boss is. Um, I feel like I've been following you for at least a few years now. You have so many new business ventures, so I'm just excited to dive into all of them today. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Before we get started, I always love to start off by asking you to share a little bit more about you and your career story. Yeah, sure. Hi, guys. My name is Whitney Madrike. Um, I am an influencer, fashion designer, content strategist, artist, like all of that, multifaceted. <laughs> um, I like to do many things. And as long as I find it fun and I feel like I could make it work, I try my best to. Um, and I think you know, with life, you can only know if it's for you if you try. Mm-hmm. And that way actually helps you find who you are. So I actually like dipping my toes into many things so I can really narrow down on who I am and what I like to do. So yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. And you make such a great point. You have to see what it is that you like. And I feel like that's such a pain point because some people starting off, they're like, what do I like? We have to try many things to figure it out. Um, so yeah. You have a bunch of things going on. And so I guess one of the things that I'm obsessed with are routines. Mm -hmm. So what does a morning routine look like for you? Or if you're an evening routine type of girl, like what does that look like? I'm definitely a morning routine type of person. Um, But it definitely varies. Like my mornings are never the same just with work Mm -hmm. and how I feel or how last night ended, that sort of thing. I have tried my best to have a morning routine when I wake up um I want to say pray sometimes I just wake up and I go honestly and Mm -hmm. if I if I catch that breath or that moment or like just you know a quick reminder like oh yeah play some gospel music that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I lean into because I feel like sometimes I've got some space where prayer feels very it's I'm not connecting so Mm -hmm. right Forces. Um, I just listen to gospel music, and with that, it tends to make me feel even more grateful, and you know, kind of reminds me how far I've come, and you know, the obstacles that I will always conquer. So, from mm-hmm. a gospel, something I've been incorporating, like you know, when I'm in the shower or something, or even just having breakfast before I actually sit down to work, I have some gospel music. Um, I have pets, so mm-hmm. when I wake up, 
they kind of dictate what my day is, especially um, my puppy, Yumi. Um, if she's feeling very restless, like she wants food or she wants this or that, I will attend to her and my guinea pigs. And then I will start my morning routine of, you know, hopping into the shower. Um, once I'm done, it's making sure I have breakfast. Breakfast is really mm-hmm. important to me. It kind of sets the tone for me. So that's either having like a matcha latte um, or really having like a good, good breakfast, like eggs or like, you know, a bagel mm-hmm. or something. Um, I think mornings, you know, it really depends. Like there are some mornings, like I try to keep Monday to Wednesdays as the day I create content. Mm-hmm. So those those days I am not really on my laptop unless it's like a quick, oh, let me, let me quickly send something off. Um, but those days I kind of go straight into creating content. Um, so that's filming for TikTok, Instagram, you know, creating all of that that I need for my various platforms. And then that is how, like, the rest of my day goes. Like, today I literally was creating content, like, as soon as I woke up. So from 9 and currently it's 4 and I'm kind oh of um, So now I'm just, like, chilling and I'll probably look at emails. Um, so my mornings tend to be content creation and then I kind of let the day decide. And on Thursdays and Fridays, my mornings are either filming, um, recording for my podcast mm-hmm. or diving straight into editing YouTube videos or just doing a lot of admin work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. But I think lately, it's because I have so much going on, it's been harder to have a concrete morning routine. I've, I've, I'm still trying different things to see what feels great. But I think mm-hmm. I've ended up just being flexible and being open-minded to the fact that not every morning can be exactly the same and I think just being flexible and knowing your priorities kind of helps you navigate those days when you're just like oh yeah what, what do I do now what am I meant to be doing that sort of thing yeah I, I definitely feel that a hundred percent I feel like the more you kind of add to your plate the difficult it is to like stick to a solid routine because no day is the same I was actually listening to a podcast episode um, with the founder of Kosas, and she was saying how she doesn't really have like a set morning routine, but she has rituals. And one of her rituals was that she um, uses the same coffee mug every day so that she doesn't have to think about it. And I was like, that makes so much sense because we use so much of our brain work thinking about what to wear, what to drink, what to eat, that it's good to add things where you don't have to think about it at all. Exactly. I think that's what for me, having my matcha has been one thing that I now do consistently. I'll just mm-hmm. like, oh, I have a matcha, a matcha latte. And yeah, I think it's just helpful to not put too much pressure on yourself. Everyone's like, oh, what's the routine? How do you manage everything? Honestly, mm-hmm. I just manage everything by having like a long to-do list that never ends. And I'm just like striking things off when I can. I'm just like going with, oh, like today I felt really really motivated to create content so I just went for it yesterday I didn't feel motivated to do that so I focused on more admin work and Mm -hmm. I was behind my computer and I was editing replying emails um submitting content to brands for their approval so it's like sometimes just go with your spirit and I think that helps you even be more productive like imagine if yesterday I don't feel motivated and I'm now Mm -hmm. like struggling to create content like it's going to be a drag but today Mm -hmm. I'm excited to create so everything was flowing very quickly Mm -hmm. even now I don't even feel exhausted because like 
it was just on on beat, you know. So I think sometimes yeah. you can have your morning routine as a reminder, like this is what I'm meant to do on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. But sometimes if you look at it and you're like, mm, I'm not up for that, maybe swap it. Maybe you know carry what you're meant to do on Thursday and put it into Tuesday. There is really nothing wrong with that. At the end, it's just making sure you get the job done. Yeah, that's so important to say. I love that. Um, so how did entrepreneurship come about? Um, sometimes some people, they say like, I was meant to be an entrepreneur from the start. Some people, they just fall into it. How did it start? Um, I think I've just always known I like to work for myself just because mm-hmm. of the ability that you get and just that control that you have mm-hmm. to at a certain point. So that has always been me with, most or all of everything that I've done like if there's a group I want to be the leader that sort of thing because mm-hmm. uh, for me it's just like it's just me it's my natural approach but I think entrepreneurship I've just honestly been going with what I feel like is the next point for me to do um mm-hmm. so even like you know influencer con- content creator like I started this back in 2013 when it wasn't even all of this so for mm-hmm. me it was hobby you know it was a hobby I was in in England studying law all of that so I was just doing it on the side because I really loved it I just really loved creating content and sharing with people sharing myself with people but by the time I was done with my um, law degree even moved back to Nigeria for a year to finish law and then moved to New York by the time I moved to New York the industry was well developed like when I Mm -hmm. started in 2013 you couldn't have quit your job unless you had at least 1 million followers. That was like the standard. But now look at us now. Any Like literally anyone can quit that job if you have mm-hmm. a good follower, like 5,000 upwards. Even mm-hmm. 1,000 upwards if you really know the industry and you know what you're doing. Um, so it's possible. So for me, by the time I had moved here, I had a good following, probably like 12,000. Um, mm-hmm. And... I, it was just literally that moment where I was at my nine to five. Um, I was working as a receptionist, um, executive assistant, sorry, at Ralph Lauren. And I just had one stressful week and it was literally a God moment. I was having a stressful week and I was literally like, I could be working on my own dreams, but here I am working for someone else. And then that whole week just turned out to be that sort of revelation. And even like, you know, I was sleeping. I feel like I had a conversation with God and he was just like, mm-hmm. have job. It's like it. So it was one of those things where I've always just chased what would bring me more joy and happiness. Like even moving from Nigeria to New York, I was just really unhappy being on the law path. And so I pivoted to moving and that was just to be happier. And even, you know, quitting my nine to five to do all of this was to be happier. So I mm-hmm. think from entrepreneurship is kind of like my closeness to happiness even though it's like a, a crazy world and I'm just like oh my gosh isn't a nine to five easier um <laughs> like yeah I'm just grateful I think it's just something I'm always trying to do what my heart desires mm-hmm. um that's why I'm I have so many things going on because it's like yeah let's do this let's do this let's try this and you know as I try I learn and if at some point I'm like okay I think I've reached enough with this I just move on um yeah 
I could say so much about just going after your purpose and just mm-hmm. listening to yourself. And I feel like I commend you so much for being brave and actually like taking those leaps because it's it just gets you closer and closer to what you know your God-given purpose is. And to be able to share that with the world is amazing. Um, so let's talk about New York for a second because starting up your, well, officially like kickstarting your career as a content creator in New York, how has that journey been and how has it kind of like shaped you in a way? For me personally, uh, when I moved here in 2016, I wasn't taking being a content creator as seriously until I started going to the events and just like meeting different people. And I was like, oh, this is completely different to how it's uh, being treated in Chicago. Like, you know, because Chicago, they didn't really have like a fashion scene or a beauty scene. So it was hard to relate and getting here was so different. So how was that for you? Honestly, I like if I tell anybody anything, it's usually yeah, move to New York. It's like the best thing. Um, I think just, it just shows you the possibilities, you know, mm-hmm. like you're really working with the brands directly. A lot of them are here. Even just last minute opportunities like you know, I've gotten so many opportunities just because I'm I'm also so close by, so they can easily send something. I'm like, yeah, we need it by like Tuesday, and I'm like, okay, just send it. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. I think for me, it shaped me because like the industry is here very strongly. Like a lot of the, your favorite brands are here, mm-hmm. and I think you know, you're able to build that connection, you're able to see them, and even just connecting with other influencers or content creators in the space or other creatives. Um, I think for me, it's one of those things where New York is so addictive for like, if, if you're really ambitious and, you know, career driven, like this is the place to be, especially if you're, you're young, you know, you're really, it's like the best place to just sink, like take all of that in. And I think for me, being in New York has just been one of those opportunities when I'm like, wow, there's so many things I could do. Like there's so many opportunities. I think that's why I'm always like knocking on every door, like to see what's behind that. Because mm-hmm. like, New York makes you feel like that. It's like, what do you want to do? There's something for you, you know. And I think for me, it's just the best place to be if you're trying to have the full experience as an influencer. Because you really mm-hmm. get, you really get to travel events. You know, the little like PR boxes they send. You know, like sort of things like you really get the full experience of what it is to be um, an influencer more than you know other places, uh, and it's just nice. I think it's nice. Yeah, I feel like when I feel myself saying like, "Am I ready to move from New York? I've been here for almost six years. Am I ready?" And I'm just like, I just don't feel like my time is complete here yet. It's like you you know when it's time to leave New York, but you know when your time is not up yet. Exactly. I think, you know, for the most part, once you get here, it's like the ball is just rolling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there will be a point when it's like, okay, I've really Mm -hmm. exhausted what New York has to offer. Um, Because, yeah, I think most people that leave New York, they tend not to come back. So it's kind of like a final graduation, you know, (laughs) because, yeah, because this is like everything. It's like the full, complete experience. And when when you move out, it's kind of like, okay, onto other things and the New York experience is just different when you're in a different headspace or you know family experience or you know whatever so yeah yeah so you have literally skyrocketed your content creator 
um, career here. And now you have your own fashion line. Talk to me about that because it it's so different when you're building your own brand, especially a product-based brand. So how has that been? The pieces are gorgeous. So talk to us about it. Ooh, I'm wearing one of them. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, Bert, like, yeah, it's <laughs> honestly, like, it's different in a scary and exciting way. Like, for being an influencer helps because mm-hmm. you kind of know, like, the end game of, you know, pretty pictures and, you know, what people like. But I think when it comes to, like, the numbers, like, the business yeah. aspect, that is where you're just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that is something that is just, you know, I'm learning each day, you know, I'm trying different things. Um, so for me, it's, you know, it looks easy, but it's really not. And, you know, a lot of the time, I'm just like, what am I doing? Why did I do this? Influencer <laughs> lane, that sort of thing. But, like, it's nice. I love I love creating um, amazing designs, and I just love that people love it as well. Um, but I think building a brand is definitely different because you really have to be a lot more intentional, like, a lot more intentional, clearer. Um, obviously, there is room for growth, and, you know, you might mm-hmm. be and decide to be B tomorrow. It's fine. But I think with that, it's, like, once you're, you're providing a product or a service, people look at you differently in terms of, you know, their expectations because now you're dealing with their money. Mm. You know, you're just dealing with likes and comments and, you know, nothing. But mm-hmm. products, it's like you're dealing with their money. It's like they want their money's worth. They paid you for something. Um, so it has to be up to standard. And even for me, like, I am very particular because I want my customers to always feel good, like they made a good purchase. Um, and so it's, I'm always very, like, particular just everything. And mm-hmm. I think for me, all I can do is do my best and learn from each and every experience and, you know, communicate with my followers, with my audience, with my customers on who we are, what we're doing. But I think, you know, um, Luckily enough, a lot of my customers know my influencer side. So I think there is more like, okay, yeah, she's definitely building something from scratch. And, you know, there's more mm-hmm. more patience. Mm-hmm. I was just like, nobody and nobody really knew me then. Like, oh, yeah, we can steal my money. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just a different, it's a very different experience. Even just like communicating. Like, um, I've tried you know, as content creators, we try to do what everyone's doing. Um, and I've tried that and it just feels so out of touch with my my brand, with my clothing mm-hmm. brand, my fashion line. But if I did it for my personal self, I'd be fine with it. Like, it feels like me. But then for my brand, it feels like, oh, no, this is not who we are. You know, we don't mm-hmm. do wild transitions. Um, we're like more like, chic elegant you know very subtle we can we can play around here and there but the way we move is very different we're not even trying to be trendy so when we're doing something trendy it feels really really off like this is not this is not us so the language is very different the um the whole experience is very very different i'm always trying to learn from other entrepreneurs um just really opening myself to what it is to really grow a brand. I think people think it's, it's easy, 
but it's mm-hmm. really it's really really long. Um, there's so many moving parts, but I think it's time that helps you nurture that and really establish that. And it's something you can only get better if you continue. Once you stop, mm-hmm. you don't get better. You just stay as who you are. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I think you touched on a really important part or so many important parts, but just like knowing your brand's DNA and knowing what you stand for. And I feel like that's kind of like the most difficult hurdle because there's so many trends out there and so many things that people try to latch on to, but it's completely not the brand. And I was just doing a panel discussion and they were saying how like, you know, the um the bernie saunders meme like all the brands were posting that when it had nothing to do with their brand just like things that just don't relate and your audience can see it um so i really love that you're staying true to the brand's dna and what works for you all yeah i think it's hard you know can't blame people because at the end they people behind the tech the algorithm they don't they no longer allow uniqueness to shine we mm. only allow stuff. You know, like back then when I started, everyone was uniquely themselves. They no one was copying the next person. They were just delivering content as it fit their personality. And that is what people loved. You know, they changed the algorithm. So now you're always seeing the same transitions, just different faces the same music, the same everything. So what does that tell everyone? It tells everyone, like, you have to be, like, the next person to be seen. And mm-hmm. so that pulls everybody. And so for me, you know, I think of it as, what will be the longevity of everybody's content if mm-hmm. we all start creating content the same? At some mm-hmm. point, all the consumers will be sick of it. Like, how many transitions am I going to see? <laughs> like, at this point, it's disgusting. Like, honestly, I don't enjoy scrolling. And that's why I don't even scroll on reels because I will see the same transitions, like intense swipes. What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, TikTok, TikTok, I'm seeing different things, different, different. I can't even remember the last time I saw a crazy ass transition on reels. Like, I'm seeing mm-hmm. personality. You know, I'm seeing things that I see and I'm like, oh, that's that person, definitely. And that is the most important thing because at the end of the day, you might think trends are doing things for you, but I think at some point people will get tired. Mm-hmm. And what they will need is why do I like this person? What personality traits do they have that I'm just like in love with and I adore? Mm-hmm. Doing crazy transitions all the time. Well, it doesn't, nobody knows your character. All we know is you have so many clothes and you're stylish. But beyond mm-hmm. that, like before you know it, there will be someone to replace you. You know, you might be stylish mm-hmm. tomorrow. Will you be as stylish to him? You know, so for me, it's like, yes, right now, it feels like everyone should be copying everyone. But everyone's going to reach a point where they are tired of seeing everybody. And I think everyone is slowly getting to that point. If mm-hmm. not, those wouldn't be competing with TikTok as aggressively. You mm-hmm. know, give us different perspectives or like I love things about horses I don't really care about horses but <laughs> and I saw it and it was interesting I was like oh wow this is so cool tomorrow <laughs> about horses and they're like wow we do so smooth now just um and it's just like it's like that's interesting 
But why are you getting on, on reels? Just the same thing. And so I tried it because I, I, I like to try things to see how can I make it ours or what can I learn from it? I tried it and it felt disgusting. Like mm. it felt like who, like who am I pretending to be, you know, all of that. Like for me personally, that's not who I am. That's not the mm-hmm. content I um, my content isn't loud. It's 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 quiet. It's you know it's subtle. It's this. It's that. So I think at the end of the day, people just have to stick to who they are. And I mm-hmm. think that is last longer in the game than what people are seeing now, which is quick viral videos. Like show your personality. Do what speaks to your personality. Maybe transitions speak to your personality. But mm-hmm. at some point, like is that all you're delivering? You know. Um, and so it's like, is that all you should be focused on? I think it's just important that you're constantly pushing your personality and at mm-hmm. the end of the day, burn out when you're pretending to be someone that you're not, you know, you're constantly doing all these things that you just found true, you find truly exhausting. At some point, even your body is just going to be like, what are we doing? You know, like, what's going on here? Um, so yeah. No, seriously. I, I find that the creators that I gravitate to the most, it's me gravitating to their personality um, and how they present themselves, the things they talk about, how real they are. And not that I like how they do they, their makeup or I like how they, what they wear. Sure. Like maybe I might like that, but in order for me to stick around, I have to actually like them as a person too and like what they bring to the table. And if I'm learning something new. And so I feel like that is so great that you pointed out. And I was actually going to ask you, what are three characteristics about yourself that you feel like best describe you or maybe that people close to you would say best describe you? Ooh, um, courageous, multifaceted, and really hardworking and ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is seen through your content and just like through your different brands as well. So that's awesome. Um, Going back to entrepreneurship for a tiny second. So you launched your fashion brand, right? How long was it a thought in your mind before it actually came into fruition? So for me, it's actually been the longest thought. Um, I've always wanted to do fashion design since I was like a kid, like probably Mm -hmm. 11 um, but my parents went up for it, like sending me to college for fashion design. So I chose law. And mm. while doing law, I've always worked on creative things. And I've always said it like, I'm not doing law. I'm not doing law. I'm going to do fashion design. So <laughs> in my head, I've always had it. And I've always done creative things. So by the time I, I moved to New York, I also moved to New York to go to fashion school. So I took a certificate mm. program at Parsons. Um, school and I took it and while I was there I was also doing a 9 to 5 to pay for it and then I quit my 9 to 5 and my influencer job was paying for it so I was done about 2019 I actually wanted to launch in 2019 but things happened and I couldn't so 2020 came and so I decided to launch it so for me it was something that I've always had you know and I've always carried it with me I always knew I would eventually do it so for me it's it's been that one career goal that I've been like certain and even now even though I was certain the way it's evolved is mm-hmm. so much different 
from what I first envisioned. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm just curious to see how it grows. You know, you know, at some point I might just be like, okay, I've I've done enough, you know, enough years of it. I can move to something else, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it took a, it took a, a long while for me to get here and you know have the capital to to do it. And that was just all from working as an influencer and saving and you know that's just been it really. Yeah. And besides the revenue side of things, when it comes to defining success, how would you ultimately define success in anything that you're doing, like your fashion line or anything? Like, what is your definition? Yeah, for me, success is freedom. Um, mm. and I think before, my definition of success was so much more different. I got the like, yeah, a million followers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like, it's really just freedom, I think. And yeah. I think that I can always feel successful. Um, and let's not forget imposter syndrome is something that always oh. happens to the best of us. So even even if I am successful, I know I'll still be like, am I really successful? You know, that's mm-hmm. not a thing. But for me, it's like, um, success is freedom. Like, just the freedom to do what I want, the freedom to to shop, the freedom to travel, the freedom to splurge, the freedom to go out, the freedom to just live life on my own terms. And mm-hmm. I think when I realized that, you know, like success is freedom, it just makes me enjoy certain things. Like the fact that, you know, I have my own business is freedom, you know, like the fact that I can I have my own apartments is, is freedom. It's success. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. all of that. So for me, freedom was... Freedom is truly what I'm seeing as my definition of success because it allows you to be you mm-hmm. without being like any anybody else or without feeling like you're not living your life. Like if I'm tired, I can just be like, okay, guys, I'm done for the day. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not talking to anybody again. Don't don't talk to me throughout this week. I'm tired. <laughs> like also I feel and for me that mm-hmm. is like I know myself, I know what I need. I'm someone that is very multifaceted. But when I get to my point of okay, that's it. I need I need like a week, two weeks, even sometimes a month to regroup. You know, mm-hmm. I need no one. I need like silence. That's all thing. Yeah. And that that is what helps me now continue the drive to to do my best. So I think for me that that is my definition of freedom and of success. As long as I'm flexible with my life and I can do what I, I want the way I want I think for me it just drives me to to honestly feel like I am successful mm-hmm. no I love that I feel freedom and flexibility that you get from being your own boss is really unmatched it's like a certain level of just like energy that you feel that you're able to do that um so that's awesome were yeah. there any oh mm-hmm. like Okay, we always say this whole be your own boss, like yes, it's freedom, but it's also not in some way because at the end of the day, you're the one in charge of everything. The moment mm-hmm. you stop, that thing dies. It's you know, but in a nine to five, you're it's not yours, so you can yeah. be like like f this and like <laughs> you know the business doesn't crash because you've gone, but when yeah. it's crashes because you're not there, so it's like. I think freedom is up to people to define that. Like, if you're in a nine to five and you honestly feel like it's the most fulfilling thing ever, mm. and it's 
that heavy paycheck that makes you feel like you can do what you want, yo, you're probably freer than me. You know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's like, as long as it's meeting your own personal needs and, you know, it's matching your expectations on your life, then you are successful. So from, because everyone's always arguing like nine to five or, or be your own boss. And it's like, they are both on the same level when you think about it. It's just one, you know, as our own bosses, we have a flexibility that a nine to five can't. But mm-hmm. at the end, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I can be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm closing up. No one should talk to me. But <laughs> I know I can't be gone for too long. Yeah. It's like, I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to pick which one fits your personality. Being my own boss fits my personality a lot stronger mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. being nine to five. I cannot work in a nine to five. I've tried it. I like my naps. I like my naps. It helps me function better throughout the day. I nine mm-hmm. to five. I can't have a nap. Best <laughs> of my nine to five if I don't have my own nap. So it's like just do what fits your personality, and I mm-hmm. think that's what manifests into you feeling successful, you feeling free, and you genuinely enjoying your life. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, when you start to feel that gravitational pull towards your passion, then that's how you know, like, nine to five life might not be for you and that entrepreneurship might be for you. Um, but I have always felt that gravitational pull. So I always knew entrepreneurship was for me. I always just felt in a nine to five, like, I was present, but, like, not fully present. Like, I could do it. I wasn't passionate about it. Same. And I think, you know, as um, entrepreneurs, that is really what drives us to even be better than we are at nine to five. It's like that connection is what it's like, it keeps us going. Like my brain is always on the move, yeah. even it's like chilling. And it's not even in a, oh, stop it. Like my brain should stop. It's in like a, oh, wow, I find this so exciting. You know, I could, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's what I enjoy. So as much as it's yeah. work, I genuinely find, have a deep interest in what I am doing. So I'm always racking my brain on how I can do this better. You know, if, even if it's learning a camera trick, all of that is like, it's exciting and fun to me. So mm-hmm. it's more, well, like, I genuinely enjoy it. I'm just grateful yeah. that I'm spending money. If not, it would be a huge situation. Well, yeah. Yeah. And how do you how do you feel like you generate some of your best ideas? Um, I know for me, some of my best ideas come when I'm working out, strangely enough. So what about you? Oh, um, best ideas. I think it's just tapping into when into like a problem or a time of day. Like I'm more productive, like super early in the morning, like mm-hmm. that brain is like really quick and picking up everything um and other times it's just been in the shower just really randomly I'm working on something and something triggers something else mm-hmm. um, I mean, there isn't usually like a set time when it comes it's usually just whenever because my yeah. brain is just on the go but it's usually mostly in the mornings or really mm-hmm. late at that's why I probably will jump out of bed at 2 a.m. because something <laughs> just hit my brain and I'm just like, oh, I have to write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just comes based on 
what I what I probably felt throughout the day or the day before. Like maybe looking at my Instagram and just like I don't like my content. I just it's not representing who I am. And you mm-hmm. know everyone's like, oh wow, your content is so good. I'm like, thank you. I know it's good. But it doesn't feel like it is because it's, yeah. it's not. So I was just being bad. And I'm just scrolling through my Instagram. I'm just like, I don't like this. Who are we? What are we doing here? And then it's like, oh, tomorrow morning when I wake up, bam, bam, bam. You know, and yeah, it's just like, it just comes when it comes, really. Yeah, I feel like um, sometimes we look back at our content or content that we haven't yet posted and we kind of feel like, oh, I could do better. Or you start to feel like critical of yourself and your work. So for creators who are maybe feeling critical of their work or dealing with imposter syndrome, being in the industry overall, um, what advice would you have for them? Oh, I think imposter syndrome is something to know that everyone goes through. Mm-hmm. I know it feels like a lot of us are, you know, are bad bosses. We don't feel that shit. I'm telling you, we do. We feel it like constantly throughout, throughout because it's part of the process. It's kind of yeah. like, it's like your inner self just questioning everything. Like, are you doing the right thing? Are you sure you should be doing that? Is this, is this even something that you're good enough for? And I think, you know, it's okay to experience that. But I think at some point you have to be like, I am good enough to do that. I am going to do it. And as much as it's there, try your best to navigate it. And it's to find it's to find your way around it. Like if you're someone that needs to journal your way through it, do it. If you're someone that needs to meditate, do it. If you're someone that needs to take a nap to feel so much better, do it. Like at the end of the day, you know yourself and we all have our inner critic. It's kind of what makes us unfortunately makes us better and mm-hmm. sometimes it limits us. So you kind of have to know when it's not it's not benefiting you and when it's actually yeah. if you're getting that imposter syndrome that is like no what are you doing you shouldn't be creating content who do you think you are that's limiting you mm. but if you're that imposter syndrome that is like oh i don't like how i did it here maybe we should just tweak this thing a little bit maybe it's benefiting you but even mm-hmm. at some point if you're over critique if you're over analyzing yourself you're not allowing yourself to grow. For me, I personally like doing things. Like the other day, I created a bunch of content and I felt like it was me in the moment. When I posted it, it felt off. Mm. So my, on my Instagram, people liked it. I let it see because I was like, okay, let's see if I really don't like it or I'm just being a bit shy or something. I let it see. And at some point, I let it say like a couple of days, I let it I was like, yeah, it, it's not me. And I deleted it. You know, mm-hmm. so even if you get that imposter syndrome, don't let it stop you from just posting. Like at the end of the day, just post whatever you want to post. If you find out you don't like it or it wasn't well received or whatever reason, just delete it. Just archive it. Like, but you won't know what feels like you if you don't try. Like I'm personally some someone that I have to try something before I know. If I don't try it, it will always be at the back of my head. Like mm-hmm. now, so for me, I will always try, and it helps me narrow down what is for me because now I can be like, yeah, I tried that. Being loud and funny on internet is not for me. It's very forced, you know. I'm like that maybe with friends, but even like even 
with friends, I'm not that loud. Mm-hmm. You, know, I'm you know, I'm very social, I'm very calm, I'm very quiet. And the loudest thing I brought me is just probably my laugh and, you know, my song or something. So mm-hmm. if I'm on here and I'm doing, yes, girl, you, it's like, <laughs> like, that. like, I'm very, like, I'm very chill. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to try it. You have to try and see exactly who you are. Um, you know, even comparing when I first started, you know, being on camera to now, when I first started, I was really shy. Like, and because I was shy, my voice was even different. You know, I was more mindful of the way I said things. You know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I mumbled a, a word, I would delete the whole thing. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, if I mumble something, I'm just like, okay, you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So, you know, so it's like, you can't get better if you mm-hmm. continue don't deliver. You know, and yes, it's very cringe. Like, I don't even like hearing myself talk. You know, I don't, I usually don't watch my own videos because I don't want to hear myself talk. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, you have to just put it out there, put it and throw away your phone if you have to come back in the next day and see if that makes you feel better. But if you want to grow, you have to constantly put yourself out there. There are some things that I've hated and everyone has loved. I leave it for them to, to enjoy. And you know, after a day, I delete it. I'm like, I'm glad you guys liked it, but I didn't. So it's like, yeah, it's gonna leave that up because you guys love it. You know, I think they have to do what speaks to who you are mm-hmm. because it's all, all very connected. You know, even like my brand, even growing a brand. You know, people have said nice things like, "Yeah, your new collection is so you." You know, and that to me is like it's nice because it's like it shows you're you're staying true to yourself, and people see authenticity. They can mm-hmm. see, like, oh, yeah, Whitney, she really likes her gold jewelry. Tomorrow, if I told you I released, like, a silver jewelry line, you'd be like, huh? I've never yeah. seen you. I've never seen you wear silver. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that beautiful in silver. So, you know, it's like people n- notice these sort of things. And when you do something, it adds to who you're telling them you are. So mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you're not choosing to put yourself out there and record to perfect who you are, you're never going to deliver anything that is worth remembering. You know, someone's just going to be like, oh yeah, I don't even know what she's about. She's just all over the place. So you need to put yourself out there. It helps you fine tune yourself. It helps you have clarity on who you are and the sorts of content that you like. Because right now, being loud, being overly dramatic, being, you know, having multiple transitions, a huge closet, luxury, everything is like the trend. Mm-hmm. You know, my decide, okay, let me try one. And you feel like, oh no, I don't like being loud. I'm very social and calm. Yeah. And you know you're social and calm. So tomorrow you deliver that in your content. And people, the people that are drawn to people that are calm online will follow you. And you will grow people that are truly connecting to you, not just people that are there for trends or aesthetics. Because honestly, I'm someone I don't even I don't listen to people that are loud on the internet. They might oh. be my brain can't I can't process someone shouting excessively or screaming. And you know, for me it's it's too much noise. I love people that are very quiet and yeah. very and calm like for me I'm like wow I really like your personality mm-hmm. and that's I will be very invested in and attracted to to, to to watch and 
and to support. So at the end of the day, you're doing a disservice when you don't deliver who you are. You know, mm-hmm. connecting with people that you're not even on the same wavelength with. You know, most of my fellows I've met are really calm people. They might have that moment of, oh my gosh, it's Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, they have good hearts, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, who would I be if I'm attracting people that don't have good hearts? It's like, that's that a reflection of me as well. You know, mm-hmm. so deliver who you are so that you're continuously connecting with people that are like-minded as you are. And that builds a, a stronger community um, that will support you. So it really goes hand in hand. If you're dealing with imposter syndrome, just know that everyone goes through it. But what is the difference is that there are those that go through it and let it keep, and let's and they let it limit them. And they mm-hmm. continue to work with imposter syndrome and they are still knocking down doors. And that is literally it. Like, there are moments where I'm just like, what am I doing? But it's like, okay, what am I doing? But I'm still doing it anyways. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's just the attitude you have to have. No one is ever perfectly feeling like they're the best to, to not even at one point, you know, question, are they really the best? Like, everyone goes through that. That's, the, that's how you... That's how you continue continuously be the best. By saying are you the best, but still still shooting your show and, and <laughs> you will win, you will win, you will lose. But even mm-hmm. that part of the journey, I think for me, one thing I like to remind myself um, that I started seeing recently, and this is my definition, is that failure is is success with a bitter taste. Mm, I love that. Success with a bitter taste. I say that because you might feel at something and damn it, that shit hurts. And you're just mm-hmm. like, what? But let me tell you, the fact that you feel that that thing has given you more clarity than you even know. Like yes. It has given you more clarity than now. The things you're succeeding at is because you have that clarity from that failure. And I know you might not feel connected and you're like, what is with me saying? But trust me, there, there are things I tried in 2017, 2018 because I was so desperate to to grow um, grow my income and, you know, to figure our life out in New York. I invested in it. It failed. It felt really, really bad, like terribly. Mm -hmm. But now it's 2021 and I can see what that failure is doing for me now because Mm -hmm. now clarity that I've gotten from failing, I I cannot make that same mistake now. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay, A, B, C, D didn't work. So this time I'm trying D, E, F. And mm-hmm. I'm it's like failure is it's just success with a bitter taste. And when you remember that, even when you fail during your imposter syndrome, you know that it's it's good. It's good that you failed. Now you know what you need to be doing. You know what you should be focused on. And when you think about it, if you succeed at everything, you'll be a lot more confused because yeah. there's much more in your plate. But if you fail at things, it knocks you off your boat. So now you're like, okay, that didn't fail. Let me focus on what is really working for me. You know, mm-hmm. now let me focus on what's really working for me. And that is just, that is the movement. Um, and I think it's just one thing to remember, like, just keep at it. No matter how it's going, keep at it. If it's something that you're truly, truly connected to, you just need to persevere through it. Maybe think of it in a different way, but don't give up. Don't give up that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I love, I love all of that because it's so important to give yourself grace to evolve. Mm-hmm. It's so important to understand that maybe where you were last year is completely different from where you are now and that you're still trying to figure out where you're going to be in the next year or two from that. Um, so I, I truly love everything that you just said. And just going back to your point about like trying stuff and like figuring out what you like. I personally am the same way. I do not like loud talking. I feel like people are talking at me. And last year I actually was trying that, even though I'm like such a soft-spoken and calm person. So my content has evolved so much since. That is what's so annoying about social media is because like it continuously pushes the narrative that we all have to be one type of person. You have to be loud, you have to be funny, you have to be silly, you have to be this, that, to grow a following. So a lot of people feel like they need to be someone else. Mm. A lot of people intimidated because even that's probably even what adds to the imposter syndrome because you're like, who am I? I'm not as dramatic as the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because even like someone like me, I remember I was watching a lot of YouTube and a lot of the people that were growing really fast, they all had loud personalities. Like, <laughs> mm. all the people that would come like, yes, girl, like, and, you know, every <laughs> time. I saw point, like, even me, I started giving off that energy in my videos. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not your personality at all. And I just mm-hmm. stopped. I stopped YouTube for a while because it was actually affecting me. Because it's like, every, literally, a lot of the people that were growing rapidly all yeah. had personalities or they're jumping, skydiving off the roof or, you know, their life is so crazy. And you're like, man, are people's lives this interesting? <laughs> <laughs> like, people's lives are, but a lot of them, it's they just schedule it in. Like, let's go skydiving today. Let's ride horses tomorrow. You know, that sort of thing. And so for me, I had to stop. I, I took a step back off. Um, of YouTube because I, I saw it was just affecting my personality and mm-hmm. you know that's, that's just the problem of social media now and that's why I'm so adamant on people trying things out but yeah. then return back to themselves like you know try it out see if it feels like you but at the moment you can tell it's not for you don't continue it really just limits you and you know at the end of the day when you're, you're yourself and you focus on you focus on the parts of you that are makes that makes you you makes you different from other people i'm telling you people connect with that and it might not be a rapid following which sucks because we all like our numbers we like our followers to increase it mm-hmm. might not be but like it slowly builds something you know like me like for example the witness smile came about by me just always smiling mm-hmm. when i was when i was Younger, no one was really like, wow, you have a really nice smile. No yeah. one was really like that. But then it, it got to the point where I was just showing my personality, smiling a lot. And then I noticed when people just were like, oh, wow, you have a nice smile. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And, you know, mm. I was like, oh, just a smile. I don't really know what's so nice about it. And then there was one where it came in so rapidly. And, you know, I remember my friend, I was out um, at NYU. I was giving a talk or something. And. You know, someone came up to me and she was so like starstruck, like, wow, you know, you're so beautiful. Your smile is is the same. I thought it was Photoshop. I was like, no, 
And my friend was like, yeah, the Whitney smile. And that's literally where I came up with the Whitney smile. And even now to this day, literally I was out. Someone was standing next to me. I wasn't smiling. I was just talking. The moment I smiled, she's like, oh my gosh, it's Whitney. It's like, you know, people recognize me for my smile. Do you know how wild that is? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they just know it's Whitney for my smile. So it's like, you know, there are just so many parts of you people will connect with. Mm-hmm. But show who you are just you know just be who you are there's yeah. no way to really know that like how many people can you can you say are known for their smile honestly mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that is you know and that just yeah. goes for being yourself just for you there's something that will shine through and people will connect with but mm-hmm. if you don't learn to be comfortable in who you are you know just enjoy who you are it can't, it can't show. And imposter syndrome is real because, like, even now that I'm saying all of this, there are moments when I'm just scrolling, I'm like, damn, do I need to be more animated? Do I need yeah. to be screaming at the top of my lungs at the camera for people to, to listen to me? What yeah. I'm not doing. And then you just realize, like, okay, drop it. Stop, stop thinking about it. And sometimes your imposter syndrome is coming out because, Maybe you're you're tired of something that you didn't pick up on. Like right now, I'm really burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, um, I get really irritated. I'm very frustrated recently. I have like a vacation coming up, thank God. But it's like right now, I'm so burnt out that I'm I'm more likely to be more critical of myself. Mm. So it's something I would have loved before. Now I'm like, this is shit. What am I doing? <laughs> but if I don't catch that you're burnt out that's why you're thinking this way I would think I'm giving myself you know good criticism meanwhile you're really not you're just burnt out and frustrated yeah (laughs) it's so important to tap into who you are and just understand what's Mm -hmm. happening around you and you know that's why I say journaling meditating taking time to self-reflect and be a bit more self it kind of guides you through um, all of those moments because now you have a better distinction of this is me talking good to myself and this is me just talking bad to myself and I think mm-hmm. when you have that standing it's easy to be like I hear you but you're negative no yeah so yeah yeah it's all about being self-aware and understanding when you're being too critical um I started therapy last year and my therapist says like it's parts work, right? Like you have to understand the different parts of you and a critical part is a part that you have. So like what are some things that trigger that and how can you kind of be more aware of that so that you can feel better when you're working through your critical part of yourself? So I love that. I feel like I could literally just like talk to you all day because we relate to so many things on the same level when it comes to mindset, entrepreneurship, and just being real and transparent with yourself and giving off the right energy to do that. Yeah, therapy was something I started this year and, you know, it really helped me a lot because as much as I knew I was talking bad to myself, when you're in therapy, it just helps you have a clear, like, so when it starts, no, stop. Uh with that that sort of thing maybe before you indulge it like oh my gosh maybe it's true but now yeah. you're just like stop it it's not true like fuck off you know like that's uh-huh. and so it's like it's 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 literally just that not everyone can afford therapy so it's like you know maybe reading articles here and there on self-awareness on you know 
self-criticism and mm-hmm. you know just enlightens you to understanding what are good habits in you and what are the bad habits in you that you need to break off and yeah. I think that definitely helps with just you know just like sorting it sorting it out and figuring out who you really are so yeah yeah, I love that. Therapy is so important. And um foundation that I love is Loveland Foundation. They really do help people who from um, you know, women of color who cannot afford therapy, they give them the resources. So lots of resources there, you guys. Um, any final thoughts from you? What would should be what should we be on the lookout from you in the future? Um anything? Well, for me, I think it's just, you know, staying connected on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like with my brand like my fashion line with me Madreke. um i'm just hoping to just like keep going um so you know check it out if you like anything buy it please <laughs> yes please i need i need the funds um <laughs> other things you know like um on with influence i'm more on the content strategist side even trying mm-hmm. expanding into influencer consultants but mm. i feel like that one as well it's you know I'm just going with the flow like um a lot of the things that are defined now I'm open to the fact that in the next few months it might be something else or it might be tuned um to be to to be a certain way and I think that is something I'm open to the process of because I'm just growing I'm growing yeah. I'm more about myself through these ventures and so its identity is always growing and being fine-tuned. So for me, it's just like follow along, follow along the journey. Um, I do my best to be as authentic and real and um, just like share the struggles that I go through personally as an influencer, as a human being, mm-hmm. uh, as a woman. And I, I do my best to share that across the board. So as long as you're following me on Instagram, yeah. um, you are you're good to always be on top of things um and um yeah oh yeah i'm trying to be back on youtube with vlogs so i've been doing yes. more vlogs like that so yeah that's another one so yeah i think yeah. For me, i'm always doing something new or mm-hmm. finding what i'm already doing so yeah it's that. Oh, I, let me follow you on YouTube or subscribe on YouTube then because I love me some vlog content. So you do have, you have a new subscriber in me and you guys, I'm going to link all of Whitney's information in the description box. And if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to link it there as well. But Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show. It, this is just so invaluable and I'm so thankful to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love doing these interviews, actually. It's really nice. Um, and it's just nice to always talk with someone that understands as well. So it's not like I'm talking to a wall. So yeah, that this has been an amazing experience. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. If you're not already, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at currentlybossing and thebossup Inc. If you love our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your rating helps us to reach other bosses like you who are ready to level up and reach their truest potential. Tune in every Monday for our newest podcast episodes. We'll talk to you then. Bye.